time keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic drive time. Now here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. It is great to be on with you. Praise be to God. You have survived the weekend. Congratulations. You get to get back at it. Just imagine what you'll accomplish this week. Isn't God good? Praise be to Jesus. Well, here's a question. Is, uh, was there a secret Freemason handshake going on between Nancy Pelosi and Pope Francis? I know what you're saying to yourself right now. Really? Is this, is this a story? Well, actually, I can't tell you how many videos and comments were flying all over the internets after their meeting. We reported on it, of course, and we did a What's Concerning Us on it as well. Uh, but a lot of people were like, oh, that's a Freemason handshake. To have the conversation and to uh, sort of uh, figure out whether or not, in fact, it was a, a secret handshake going on between Nancy Pelosi and the Pope. We're going to have David L. Gray on our program at 6... 15 past the hour today. Boy, it is Monday. My brain is like, I'm not ready to start the week. <laughs> That's fun. I uh, had been a Freemason before I became Catholic. David O'Gray was a Freemason before his conversion. So we're going to talk about this from two guys, or I should say two old guys who used to be Masons. Was this, in fact, the secret handshake taught to us at the Lodge. Hmm, we'll have that conversation at 15 past the hour. Also on the program, Timothy Gordon rejoins the program from the Rules for Retrogrades podcast. Is there a case to be made to make patriarchy great again? Hmm, we should have had our hats on today. Uh, we're going to have a conversation around patriarchy and uh, its benefits to society and, and what we might do to, uh, to uh, make it great again with Timothy Gordon at 35 past the hour. So it's going to be a great hour this hour. Praise be to God. In spite of it all, Adrian Fonseca is here on the ones and twos. Good morning to you, Adrian. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Is it now? It is good to be here. Are you sure? Uh, pretty sure. Hmm. I'm like, 90% sure that it's good to be here. Uh, even in, even though China has now tested a hypersonic missile, which could be a nuclear missile and could fly around the world, is it still good to be here? Uh, even though China has a missile that can fly around the world mm -hmm. and strike us mm -hmm. at any moment, yeah. uh, well, even despite that, it's still mm -hmm. good to be here. Still good to be mm -hmm. here. Even though Los Angeles has removed the name of Father Junipero Serra from a park there and uh, removed its Catholic history, is it still good to be here? Yeah, it's still good to be here, despite the fact that uh, Satan is still uh, is roaring around the world mm. like a roaring lion seeking mm. someone to dev devour. Yeah, it's still good to be here. Gas prices are at an all-time high ever, 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 and you're still saying it's okay, good to be Okay, well, here. that one, you know, that <laughs> one, <laughs> everything else was like, hey, you know, it's a unit, but the gas prices, it's a bridge too that far. one is hurting. That one is hurting, not going <laughs> to lie. Me. Not going to lie. You can walk to your house from here. Not even, no, not walk. That would be, that would take me hours, but 15 minute drive. You, not you may not be walking bad. soon. I'm just saying. You may be With walking those gas soon. prices, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I'll get a bike. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, praise be to God. Oh, in spite before of I it forget, all. yeah, go ahead. My uh, grandfather is having surgery uh, oh, wow. today. Uh, about right around right now, actually. Uh, so if you ought to offer up a prayer for my grandfather as Amen. he's going off to surgery, I'd be very grateful. Thank we you very much. We'll definitely include him in our prayers today. Praise be to God. Uh, we'll pray for his uh, quick and fast recovery as well. So uh, what we're going to do, as I said earlier, we're going to have David O'Gray on at 15 past to talk about the handshake between Nancy Pelosi and Pope Francis. 
Uh, some were saying, many in fact were saying, that that is a secret handshake, uh, according to the Freemasons. Having been a Freemason, we're going to have a conversation around that with David O'Gray. And then at uh, 35 past the hour, we're going to talk about patriarchy with Timothy Gordon from the Rules for Retrogrades podcast. Otherwise, we have breaking news and stories, Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, a little bit reflection as well. And then, of course, in the second hour, for anybody that's able to join us, we are going to have our good news segment and the Fear and Trembling Game Show with new prizes at stake this week. You could win. All of that coming up today on Catholic Drive Time. Do us a favor and uh, share us with a friend. That would be amazing. All right, let's jump into the prayer. Let's, we're going to offer up this intention for uh, Adrian's, uh, Adrian's dad, grandfather, and then, of course, your intentions, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, whatever your needs are, the conversion of sinners around the world, and a restoration to fidelity and holiness among the hierarchy of the Church. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known, that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy, hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now the headlines. Epic Times reports New York City fentanyl deaths up 55% during pandemic. New York City's residents have increasingly succumbed to overdoses on synthetic opiates such as fentanyl. These deaths have soared by more than 55% in the last 12 months, ending in March, compared to the same period a year before. That means 1,778 died of this cause in the city by March 2021, compared to 1145 of March 2020, both on estimates from the Center for Disease Control and Prevention. The period aligns with months of severe measures imposed by the city and state to curb the spread of the uh, China virus. Deaths involving synthetic opiates account for nearly 80% of fentanyl drug overdoses in the city. The state recently decriminalized possession or sale of the hypodermic needles and syringes. It then ordered the NYPD to stop intervening when they see somebody with a needle, even when it contains a residue of a controlled substance, the order said. Mayor Bill de Blasio has rarely addressed the issue in recent months based on review of his remarks on the City Hall website. Sky News reports Sir David Ames' murderer, name of the terror suspect accused of killing the MP, emerges as police searched three properties in London. You might have recalled on Friday the tragic story of the, the death of this Catholic pro-life MP out of England. The terror suspect held on suspicion of murdering Sir David Ames is named Ali Harbi Ali. According to Sky News, the 25-year-old, who is a British citizen with Somali heritage, is not thought to have been previously known to the security services. The investigation into the killing of Sir David is still in its infancy, so that could change if new details emerge. Metropolitan police officers have been performing searches on three addresses in the London area, one of which has now concluded. Sir David, a senior conservative MP of South and West, was stabbed as he held a weekly constituency surgery at a Methodist church in Leoncy in Essex. The suspect was arrested on Friday at the scene of the attack, and police will be able to keep him in custody 
until the 22nd of October after being granted a warrant for further detention under the Terrorism Act of Westminster Magistrates Court on Saturday evening. Insider reports teen girls are showing up to the doctor with ticks, and experts think anxiety, depression, and TikTok could be playing a role. Tourette's syndrome is a genetic nervous system disorder, according to VOA News, and can cause tics, repetitive involuntary movements, or sounds. The disorder mostly impacts boys, and the tics typically start when a person is young and then develop over time. Dr. Kristen Müller-Wall, a doctor based in Hanover, Germany, told the Jerusalem Post that she has been seeing more and more teen and young adult girls coming in with tics. Müller-Wall, who has treated Tourette's for 25 years, said, while people who have the disorder usually have their own unique tics, the girls she has been seeing recently have all had the same ones. The Jerusalem Post reported that these disorders can be treated, doctors suggested kids take a social media break and parents ask what type of videos our kids are viewing, the journal reported. Additionally, if a kid exhibits tics that interfere with daily life, parents should seek out specialists. Breitbart reports, Buta Judge, supply chain troubles will continue into next year. Secretary of Transportation Pete Buta Judge, while not on paternity leave apparently, uh, for the last, I don't know, month or two months or whatever it's been, on Sunday said on CNN's State of the Union that the supply chain backups at America's port will continue into next year. Buta Judge said every idea is being taken seriously. What we're doing right now is to focus on the operations themselves. A lot of Americans might be surprised to learn our ports have not generally operated on a 24-7 basis. We have secured commitments to change that president announced that the ports of L.A. and Long Beach, Long Beach was piloting this for a few weeks now. Collectively, those two ports are 40% of our container traffic. They're now going 24-7. That's not a simple thing to do overnight. It was a big commitment. All right. Well, did you know about China and all of their supply chain troubles and the fact that we're manufacturing everything, everything over there all the time? Might be a symptom. I'm just saying, putting it out there. And those are your headline news. The saint of the day is St. Eustace of Beauvau. He was born in 278 in Oxa. He was a child of nine, uh, nine years old, who was denounced as a Christian while on a trip with his father to Amiens to ransom or rescue an imprisoned relative. This was during the Diocletian persecution. He was executed for confessing that he was a Christian and for refusing to give away the hiding place of his uncle and his father. After he was beheaded, Eustace's body then picked up his severed head and continued to speak. Eustace is thus one of the legendary Kephalophores, or those who are called saintly head carriers, who miraculously continue to speak or move despite being decapitated. The legend was elaborated subsequent centuries as he, as the pagan onlookers saw him and converted. He died in 287 in St. Justin Chos, which is named after St. Eustace. And St. Eustace was uh, thus, they have a cathedral named after him now in that same spot. Eustace of Beauvais, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 disciples whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place 
he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest upon him. But if not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink whatever is offered to you, for the laborer deserves payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat what is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. St. Chrysostom said, For their comfort amid every danger was the power of him who sent them. And therefore saith he, Behold, I send you. As if he said, This will suffice for your consolation. This will be enough to make you hope instead of fearing the coming evils. Unquote. St. Chrysostom, pray for us. I like, uh, this is a passage that I will refer to often, especially to non-Catholics. I love typology. I love the design and organization uh, laid out for us in the Gospels, in the New Testament, in the Bible as a whole. And this is one of those examples of it. Jesus, uh, here in, in Luke's Gospel, the only account where he sends out these particular uh amount of disciples. Now, this is important because it's typological link back to the Old Testament. Here's what Ignatius Catholic Study Bible said, an episode only in Luke. It is the second missionary tour since Jesus has sent out the twelve with similar tasks. Jesus patterns his missionary effort on Moses, who commissioned 70 elders to be prophets in Israel. The 71 members of the Jewish court, the Sanhedrin, had already modeled itself after this leadership structure of Moses and the 70 elders. On, at another level, this number alludes to Genesis 10, which describes the origin of the 70 nations of the ancient world, not including Israel. The ministry of the 70 disciples thus anticipates the church's mission to the nations, but also Caiaphas the high priest and those that are in charge of this whole thing are paying very close attention. Why? Because Jesus is competition for their power, for their influence, and for their money. And he will have none of it. And so he plots for their downturn, their demise. But we know who wins. We'll be right back. David O'Brien is coming up next. Don't go anywhere. Tell a friend. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern. Right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Gloryandshine.com, a generous underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Gloryandshine.com is a Catholic family-owned company making a variety of personal care products ranging from lotions, soap bars, gift boxes, body mist, beard care, and more. At Gloryandshine.com, they state their mission is to, quote, 
craft every product with deep intention while holding a vision of sharing the gospel. They are good for the body, mind, and soul. Unquote. God love you, GloryAndShine.com. Thank you again. The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's time. We are killing unborn children by the millions. Yet how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you? Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore. Me to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, Timothy Gordon from the Rules for Retrograde podcast is going to be rejoining our show. Is there an argument to be made about making patriarchy great again? We're going to have that conversation. What in the world does that even mean? All of that coming up at 35 past the hour. Joining us right now, though, is uh, David L. Gray. He hosts a program here uh, across the GRN every Wednesday at 4. Is that right, David? Good morning to you. Yes, sir. Good morning, Joe and Adrian. Yeah, the David L. Gray Show, Voicing Truth and Reason on Guadalupe Ray Network, 4 p.m. on Wednesdays. Praise be to God. You can also find him on uh, YouTube and and the Twitterverse and everywhere else. It's good to have you back on the show. Uh, Last week, I reported on the Nancy Pelosi, Pope Francis meeting out of the Vatican um, as far as I can tell, not one mention of abortion in the, their conversation, which was very mm. troubling, very troubling as Catholics, I would say. And I reported on that, did a What's Concerning Us, posted that to my new YouTube channel. Um, yeah. But a lot of people were coming back and saying, what about that Freemason handshake? Or <laughs> said another way, what about that Freemasonics uh, secret handshakes going down there? You know, <laughs> Freemasonics. <laughs> and uh, so I thought, this is a conversation for the one and only David L. Gray. Uh, so we've had this conversation in the past, you and I. Uh, I am a former uh, uh, third-degree master mason of the Blue Lodge. You were, uh, you were what, uh, 32nd degree Scottish Rite? I can't remember. Remind me one more time. Yeah, 32nd um, Scottish Rite and then York Rite, um, Royal Arch, Royal Select, Knights Templar, Eastern Star. College you with. For someone who's <laughs> not familiar with uh, Freemason terminology, it just sounded like a bunch of gobbledygook to me. Well, what does all that mean? It's secret. Not allowed to tell him, Dave. <laughs> and that's exactly what we're getting to the handshake. I mean, right? I mean, what is? What, what, I mean, what is? I mean, it looks. You know, all the time I spent in Freemason, Masonry, you know, York Rice, Goddess Rice, some of the uh, pendant orders. I, I've never seen such a weird-looking handshake. Granted, <laughs> as Catholics, I mean, we know that Freemasons and what they believe, you know, bad stuff. Mm-hmm. But one thing we have to give them, these guys have cool handshakes, <laughs> cool gear, right? I mean, and this handshake just looks weird. <laughs> right. Look, the, the, the first rule about a secret society, don't tell your secrets, right? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but people think that the Masons are out here just giving away their secret handshakes in, in, in yeah. this photo op. And, right. Again, it looks weird. I mean, if this is the uh, the handshake of a secret order, what is it? The secret order of thumb wrestling? <laughs> the it's, secret order it's, of photo ops? Right. The secret order of hair text? I mean, what yeah. is this? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, it just it just looks. It, I mean, come on. I mean, it, 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 I mean, let's get to some basic things though. Um, so when Freemasons do, they do have secret handshakes, obviously. Yes, but. Again, the first rule about being a secret society is you don't disclose your secrets. So when free, so most people would never see Freemasons give a handshake that's part of their 
um, degree order because one is going to be their bodies are going to be very close to one another. Um, second, they're going to take their left hand and cover the right hand with it. Generally, there's generally going to be a word they exchange with one another that's associated with that degree handshake. Mm-hmm. And again, it's not that long. They don't just sit there and, and take <laughs> pictures with it, extended right? periods of time. I'll never forget the when I finished. I think it was, I think it was maybe it was the third degree. I can't remember. It's been so long ago now um, that I tried to. I wanted to take a picture with my father, and this was a big celebratory moment. And I had the apron on, and and I wanted yeah. to like do that. That like that the hand signal right of yeah. that particular uh, degree, and um, and the and the Grandmaster of the Lodge was like, don't ever take a picture doing that, ever. Yeah, that's He's a like, violation. He said, you just swore a blood oath to be killed, torn in twain, to have your innards <laughs> ripped out. Yeah, but exactly. if you disclose the secrets, and here you are taking a picture seconds right. later. You're not, you're, <laughs> not very, you're not very good at this whole secret society I thing, Joe. I wasn't very good at being a mason at all. <laughs> but you know, it's funny it though because stick, David you know, it just didn't stick well with you, did it? I mean, <laughs> no, it didn't. I was David, like, <laughs> it, it was pretty funny because uh, over the weekend I was uh, meeting with a friend after church, and he was saying goodbye, and he just like hands me his left hand in like the weirdest way, and I was like, I was like, dude, what's up with this Freemason handshake? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but I think yeah, the, the, yeah. the thing that I was just trying to get across was just that uh, sometimes you just accidentally do weird things. Yeah. Your body just, just happens. You just, it just happens, especially when yeah. you get older. Uh, it just like it just happens. Your hands just don't do the right thing. And me and my buddy, we're both younger guys, and he just like yeah. put his left hand out, and I was grabbed his left hand with my right hand, and it was like the weirdest thing. And I'm just like, what yeah. the heck? Uh, right. So <laughs> what what is your analysis of what exactly happened here? Yeah, and then Freemasons never use their left hand when they shake. I mean, I don't know if um, Freemasons are not ambidextrous, but again, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but it's so a couple of things. I, I, I like your point, Adrian. Was it so this is her, to my knowledge, I don't know how many times she met the Pope, but um, maybe she's nervous, perhaps, you know, that, that's that's an answer. Perhaps she's trolling people who's going to who like to say Pope Francis is a Freemason. Maybe she's trolling them. All right. Um, so that's also a possibility. But it really what's really concerning me, what's really going on here is that people are really concerned about one of the people we could probably put on par with some of the most um, evil people in the world responsible for others' deaths. Um, and she's here having an uh, audience in a, with the Pope of the Vatican, and the Pope looks rather giddy right, yeah. to meet Nancy Pelosi. And so it, I, I, I think the whole you know, what's going on with the Masonic handshake? I think it's really, it had turned out to be a really great diversion hmm. from talking about, I know, Joe, you talked about it, obviously, but. Yeah, um, in fact, a lot of the comments on my video that I posted were like, why don't you talk about the Freemason handshake? I'm like, because that's, that's not a thing here in this circumstance. What is a thing is you have the, one of the most notorious pro-abortion Catholic politicians meeting with the Vicar of Christ on Earth and abortion is not on the agenda to discuss. The, talk about a teachable moment. Talk about a what an opportunity to dialogue with someone, to meet them where they're at, to journey with them, to smell like the sheep the whole nine mm-hmm. yards, is to have a conversation around what the Pope, Pope Francis himself refers to as murder, and, uh, and, and they don't discuss that. That's rather peculiar, don't you think? And so to talk about this handshake, which to, to me, as a guy who... Who learned this handshake as Freemason? Um, it just seems like two old people holding hands for a photo op, and it just looks awkward. 
Yeah, it does look really awkward. And and so I know what's on the table, of course, is things, you know, such as public policy and legislation, things like global warming, you know, things that we that's um that you know they think they can agree with, right? And I think that's probably gonna be on the table in a few weeks or so when um President Biden comes. And so of all the things they could we could talk about um that should concern us. We're diverted, right? And so it is. I think it's really concerning, and it's unfortunate. Yeah. Now, let's talk about the handshake itself uh, for a second. So there are, I learned, um, when I was a Mason, you have the, they have the secret handshake, okay? Right. And then you have, and by the way, so the, the, the index, right index finger is supposed to go between the knuckles. And her, if you look at the picture, if you Google the picture of Nancy Pelosi and Pope Francis shaking hands, you know, she's not near the knuckles, so she's she's missing it by a mile, if that's the case. Uh, number one. Number right. two, there's also a secret uh, uh, emergency sign, like you'd yeah. make in case if your life was in danger and you needed help fast, you could give this this uh, secret sign that would, and say certain things that would alert Freemasons around you to have to come to your rescue. And, and I last week yeah. I was talking about how there's a cool Freemason version of the Texas Independence that Santa Ana gave this sign when he was captured by the Texians, and uh, hmm. his life was spared as a result to it. Is it true? Yeah. I don't know. Uh, but uh, Sam Houston was a Freemason, so it's possible. But uh, here's another question. Do, you, were, uh, you were far more advanced than I was in the Freemasons. Do Freemasons teach the ladies the secret handshake? See, that's another great point, Joe. You, you're such a great radio host. You should do this. Are you for listening, a Adrian, to this? I yeah. think you should take note. I mean, this David is astute. He's he's insightful. He's he's obviously good looking. You know, so sorry, I, mean, I couldn't pay hear attention. That. Sorry, pay attention, bad. Adrian. Yeah, so I heard some people out there um, commenting that well, it couldn't have been a Masonic handshake because women can't be cannot be Freemasons. Hundreds, maybe thousands of Freemasons, women Freemasons throughout the world. Now, granted. Your Freemasons who descend from the Grand Lodges of um, England, Ireland, Scotland, some you know France, Italy, these places—they're not going to consider women Freemason lodges or co-Masonic lodges, men and women. They don't—they don't consider them to be regular. But yes, there are plenty. You know, Freemasons don't have a, a some sort of um, uh, lockdown code on their ritual. Anybody could buy a ritual and start a Masonic lodge. You know, that'd be a horrible thing to do. But it's out there. So yeah, you have women Freemasons. So, but with Nancy Pelosi there's no evidence of her ever being one. So yes, no Freemasons ought not to ever teach their spouses or daughters, any Masonic secrets, but you do have women Freemasons. So these women lodges, which I, I guess I was unaware of those, uh, they actually have the same rituals as the, uh, the male versions. And they do abbreviate them a little bit, whether it's a co-Masonic lodge or just a straight female Masonic lodge, obviously the parts where they, they strip down, to their undergarments, um, they abbreviate that or they modify that to have just cover garments. Overall. Oh, yeah. so so yeah. guys are the only ones that get stripped down to the bare essentials. I see <laughs> exactly. how that works. Yeah, there's no equality. <laughs> yeah, in, none. In yeah. Zero zilch. <laughs> uh, we're talking with David L. Gray uh, about the this uh, meeting between Nancy Pelosi and Pope Francis last week and their their handshake, which garnered a lot of attention on social media about whether or not 
they were exchanging a Freemason handshake. I guess it's our opinion anyway that uh, that's probably not the case. It's just to two two old people in an awkward handshake, but a little <laughs> too giddy nonetheless. Yeah. Um, now, maybe the last minute or so we have with you, David, you can reiterate why the church teaches uh, it is forbidden to be a member of secret societies. Yeah, yeah. Since 1738, that's been the rule that's been been in place by Pope Clement the the twelfth. Uh, Pope uh, Freemasonry as an organization that we see today as an organization comes online about 1717. Pope Clement XII is quite aware of this. There is Masonic rituals that's out there. Freemasons have a constitution that's, that, that, that becomes public. And he puts a ban in place, prohibits Catholics from ever becoming Freemasons um, due to some theological reasons of indifferentism. Basically, Freemasonry puts people on a different path and they deny, they deny the um, graces needed for conversion. And this um, ban remains in place until today. It's been reiterated by many popes, um, more, more, uh, most eloquently by, by Leo XIII and the Humanum Genus, um, where he built upon that. He called, even called, called Freemasonry naturalism, which um, elevated to a new level. So along with communism in um, 17, uh, 1949, um, these are two organizations that Catholics can never belong to under the pain of um, excommunication. Today, we consider excommunication if you belong to Freemasonry. I rejoin it. You cannot receive Holy Communion. So you're not in communion with the church. And uh, so the claims of infiltration in the church, um, I, I personally feel like uh, Europe, Italy in particular, Mexico, we've seen even in uh, Spain and other places, it's been pretty pretty intense conflict between the church and Freemasons, but maybe not so much in the United States. So you got about 60 seconds. What say you? Yeah. Um, so... You know, the thing about Freemasonry, I think we've had a lot of uh, inquisitions in, throughout the history of the church trying to root out evil, right? Um, two, two inquisitions we, we never had, probably should have had, um, not killing people, but just rooting these people out of the church was uh, Free, uh, Freemasons, um, communists, and probably today homosexuals. And, and so that, that's never happened and it should have happened. All right. Well, we're going to have to leave it there, but maybe we'll have you back and explore that a little further. But David O'Gray, God love you. God bless you. Thank you for your time today. Tune in to David on the GRN every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central. All right. We're going to go to break. When we come back, we're going to have more breaking news and stories from Timothy Gordon. Make patriarchy great again. It's coming up next. This is a Messy Family Minute from Mike and Alicia Hernan. As moms and dads, we're pulled in many directions. Our world is frantic and sometimes chaotic. We parents need to take a pause. Take some time away to become more intentional in our Catholic family life. We suggest a tool that we call the Family Board Meeting. This meeting's a time for you and your spouse to affirm each other in your giftedness, cast a vision framing what you want your family to look like, and then set concrete goals to make that vision a reality. More than ever, our world needs dynamic Catholic families. That only happens when parents are intentional about building a Catholic family culture within their home. Take time to build a culture that is stronger and more influential on your children than the culture of the world that surrounds them. To help you run this board meeting, we've created a tool for you. A download at our website, MessyFamilyProject.org. Get the worksheet and then work with your spouse to be more intentional in your family life. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. 
God love you. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. LifeSite reports British police stopped a priest from giving last rites as stabbed Catholic politician lay dying. A British MP who was stabbed to death was unable to receive the last rites as police would not allow a Catholic priest to access the crime scene. Essex police have not yet made known the reason why. According to an article published in the Daily Mail on Friday, as news broke about the conservative British MP Sir David Ames, had he had been stabbed, Father Geoffrey Woolenow made his way to the crime scene to administer the last rites. He found the area cordoned off by the police and was not allowed to access Sir David. Sir David is a Catholic, eventually died of his injuries without receiving the last sacraments of the church and was admittedly very pro-life. May uh, God rest his soul. The Daily Wire reports Delta Airlines CEO ditches divisive vaccine mandate. Delta Airlines is ditching a vaccine mandate for employees, according to a company CEO, Ed Bastian, who notably emphasized the divisiveness of such an order. Bastian said announcing a plan to get all employees vaccinated without enforcing a mandate has worked, allowing the company to reach a 90% vaccination rate. Bastian acknowledged that there will need to be religious and medical accommodations made for those who wish to remain unvaccinated while avoiding having to threaten employment status, Fox Business noted. Quote, by the time we're done, we'll be pretty close to fully vaccinated as a company without going through all the divisiveness of a mandate, unquote, the executive said. Back in August, Bastian warned unvaccinated employees enrolled in Delta's health care plan that they would be subject to higher premiums to cover increased costs associated with COVID. The BBC reports Facebook to hire 10,000 in EU to work on Metaverse. What is a Metaverse? A Metaverse is an online world where people can game, work, and communicate in a virtual environment, often using VR headsets. Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg has Mark Zuckerberg rather has been leading a voice been leading the voice on the concept. The announcement comes as Facebook deals with the fallout of the damaging scandal and faces increased calls for regulation to curb its influence. Quote, the metaverse has the potential to help unlock access to new creative social and economic opportunities and Europeans will be shaping it right from the start, unquote, Facebook said in a blog post. Despite its history of buying up rivals, Facebook claims the metaverse, quote, won't be built overnight by a single company, unquote, and has promised to collaborate. The Blaze reports 16 American missionaries kidnapped by a gang in Haiti, the Ohio-based Christian ministry says. The group of seven women, five men, and five children were abducted during a trip to a, a visit an orphanage on Saturday, the Christian Aid Ministries based in Berlin, Ohio, said in a statement. Christian Aid Ministries said it was working with the U.S. Embassy in Haiti to help facilitate a safe return for the kidnapped missionaries. A U.S. government spokesperson said that they were aware of the report on the kidnapping. The 400 Maozo gang kidnapped the missionaries in Ganthier, a community east of the capital Port-au-Prince. Haitian police inspector Franz Champagne told the Associated Press. The gang, whose name roughly means 400 inexperienced men, was blamed for kidnapping five priests and two nuns earlier this year in Haiti. The 400 Maozo gang 
are known for kidnappings, carjackings, and extorting business owners, according to the Haitian authorities. Haitian gangs have demanded ransoms ranging from a couple of hundred dollars to more than one million, authorities have said. Those are your headline news. Praise be to God in all things. Uh, Timothy Gordon's supposed to be joining us here momentarily to talk about patriarchy. Hmm, make patriarchy great again. That is a uh, an interesting conversation with Timothy Gordon coming up here in a moment. There are still a few other stories that I would love to cover uh, while we wait. Uh, here's another one. Uh, Los Angeles renames Father Junipero Serra Park despite Catholic praise for sainted missionary. This is something we were talking about last week. How we like to throw the baby out with the bathwater. And Adrian, I'm sharing my desktop. CNA reports, Catholic News Agency, uh, says, while Catholic leaders have made strong defenses for St. Junipero Serra after a wave of vandalism and crime-targeted Catholic statues and churches last year, political leaders in California continue to remove markers of the missionary whom Pope Francis canonized as the first Hispanic American saint. Los Angeles Mayor Eric Gorsetti announced October the 11th that the city would no longer call the park across from Union Station by its informal name, Father Junipero Serra Park. A statue of Serra had been in the park from the 1930s until 2020, when protesters toppled it amid racial tensions and claims that the saint who died in 1784 was involved in injustices of the Spanish colonial period. The park will be called La Plaza Park until a new name is adopted. The, po- the park is, wa- is walking distance from La Pala- Placita, the Church of Our Lady of Queen of Angels, the city's oldest Catholic church, which has elements dating back at least to 1814. Sarah did not have personal links to the key landmark. Quote, we all share the same mission, the mission that brought St. Junipero Serra to California, to share the good news of God's love and to witness to his love through our actions. Unquote. Archbishop Jose Gomez of Los Angeles had said on Twitter October the 15th, showing a historic drawing portraying friars baptizing an indigenous baby. In a September the 12th essay, Gomez joined San Francisco Archbishop Salvatore Corleone to criticize the, quote, outrageous claim about Sarah and the mission system he founded. And this is what gets me. This is a guy who does not deserve to be held accountable for the crimes of others during the colonial Spanish colonial period. This is a man who walked thousands of miles to defend native peoples against the injustices of the Spanish conquistadors in the military, who demanded that the governor of Mexico City separate the garrison of the troops with the missions. Why? Because of those injustices. And then he walked all the way back. And this is a guy, when the native peoples uh, rose up and even murdered one of his fellow friars, defended the murderer to prevent him from being executed according to the death penalty. This is a guy whose heart was all for conversion and for the baptisms of these native peoples to teach them to subsist uh, on their own. Now, you might say, but he treated them like little children. Yeah, that's true. That, That part's true. That was very common, that they would treat the native peoples like children. However, if that's the worst crime he committed, golly gee whiz, why is he being held account for that? It is an injustice to remove the name of the great Father Hennepro Serra from this park. I think, uh, is it Timothy Gordon on the phone with us right now? Good morning to you, Timothy. Morning, how are you? Praise be to God, I am alive. How are you? 
same. I'm I'm glad to be here, and I'm glad to uh, be alive talking about this stuff with you guys. It counts, doesn't it? Um, let's talk about making uh, patriarchy great again. Um, what 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 is the status of patriarchy in our in our world today? Let's start there. <laughs> well, it's dead on arrival. I mean, it's not only a, the dirtiest word you can utter, but it's been utterly driven from our midst. And people, I even mean Catholics when I say people, assume that it is literally something to be ashamed of. I mean, there are other institutions that we Catholics embrace that we still nominally give voice to and say that we embrace them, but then leave them in the lurch when it comes time to defending them or acting on them. The patriarchy were so brainwashed that we even nominally think that we're supposed to uh, disengage with it. So patriarchy is in the worst shape of all of the doctrines that we Catholics have, have fled from. And it's really a precept of the faith. All the precepts of the faith that we've fled from, it's, it's in the roughest shape. Now, let's start with uh, the philosophy of use. Why is the system of patriarchy, let's, I'm going to just use that to describe it for the time being, why is the system of patriarchy one that benefits society? Well, I mean, you have to ask what patriarchy is. Patriarchy is Christianity, and we know Christianity benefits society, but, I mean, let's, let's start out with foundational principles. The, um, Christianity is a bifurcated patriarchy, right? An upper patriarchy, a clerical one, and a lower patriarchy, a lay one. The clerical patriarchy is one that gets a lot of, I don't know, you might call it outsized attention, uh, particularly from YouTube shows, particularly like mine, over the last three years. I and others have spent a lot of time talking about what's messed up with the clerical patriarchy. The, the priests and bishops that are all male, as set up by Jesus, and, and how they're falling short of their mission. But most people, at least 99 out of 100, most Catholics, opt for the lower patriarchy, you know, as their sacramental vocation. Males are to become priests, prophets, and kings in a non-ordained way of their own household, the ecclesiola. And so... As much as the anointed patriarchy, the chosen, the special patriarchy is the clerical one, the more important one for the devil and his minions to corrupt, uh, just statistically speaking, has been the lower patriarchy, the household patriarchy. Hold that thought and right there. Hold, hold that thought, Timothy. We have to go to a break. That music means quick break is coming up, but we're going to come back with Timothy Gord from the Rules for Retrogrades podcast. To talk about patriarchy, we'll, we'll pick up right where we left off. So don't go anywhere. Catholic Drive Time will be right back. Uh, but in the meantime, tell a friend. Atheists often argue they don't need to give reasons for their position because they simply lack a belief in God. The assumption being theists alone have the burden of proof. But is this rational? The answer is no, and here's the reason. Atheism can't simply be a lack of belief. Dogs lack belief in God, but that doesn't make dogs atheists. 
atheism makes a claim about the world, namely, God doesn't exist. As such, atheists, along with theists, must shoulder the burden of proof. Even if an atheist says he simply hasn't found any good evidence for God, he would still have to prove why the evidence theists give for God is not good evidence. No matter how an atheist looks at it, he can't sit the sidelines when it comes to defending his position on the question of God's existence. I'm Carlo Broussard with a ready reason for Catholic Answers, catholic.com. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Timothy Gord is our guest from Rules for Retrogrades podcast, talking about patriarchy. Let me just read this quote to you real quick. This, can't, this comes from Pope Adrian VI, writing it about the year 1522. He says, quote, We frankly acknowledge that God permits this persecution of his church on account of the sins of men, and especially of prelates and clergy. And of a surety, the Lord's arm is not so shortened that he cannot save us, but our sins separate us from him so that he does not hear, unquote, Pope Adrian VI. Um, and before we went to the break, Timothy, you were talking about the breakdown of the patriarchy in the home. Uh, let's, let's pick up there. Well, it's really important for people to understand that feminism, the opposite of patriarchy, which is really preponderated over patriarchy, is not just one more subversive leftism among subversive leftisms like homosexualism, transgenderism, Marxism, socialism, etc. Even though it's, it's, it seems in some lists like this in the popular mind, as if, yeah, it, it belongs on this list of, of lists, but it's really the, the least potent. It's actually the most potent feminism. Um, it, and it, it's the one that's at the heart of not just leftism, but even human sin writ large. How do I, how do I know? Original sin was the first instance, not of Marxism or homosexualism, but of feminism. And there's always two parts of household feminism, which is the opposite of household patriarchy. There's an omissive part and a commissive part. Now, the omissive part is on the behalf of Adam representing all men today. When, when, when this became a, a commonplace thing in, over the last century. And there's a commissive part by, by Eve, and, and Eve is the one that ate the apple. Eve is the one that interfaced with the serpent uh, on behalf of her family. That's supposed to be uh, the patriarch's job, Adam's job. And so she overtook this, and not only does Scripture say that, that Eve sinned first, and therefore we all have to die, and also, therefore, that's why Mary undoes the original sin of Eve, but also all the patristics seem to agree. I'm talking Augustine, Ambrose, Jerome, uh, St. John Chrysostom. They all specifically say, well, if Adam had done his job as patriarch, 
then original sin never would have happened because man is supposed to be doing the dialoguing with outsiders from the household. You know, they, he's supposed to be the one protecting and culling the strangers on the outside of the household that are uh, decent enough to go further in and, and, and talk to his wife or kids. You know, so, it kind of yeah, sounds we, like we're getting into like the theological points being made that it sounds like you're saying they each have two sins. One, the sin of uh, Adam being uh, eating the fruit and then uh, Eve eating the fruit as well. But then Eve also commits a second sin there that is uh, that of usurpation of the role of the husband. And then Adam sins a second time in refusing to take on his role as uh, head of the household. Uh, could you talk a little bit about like we? I'm looking at your book, and you talk. You have a, a section on single parent income versus second two parent income. How is a, a two parent income a kind of a coming to fruition? This idea of a woman uh, of a wife rather uh, usurping the the role of the husband, and how we got to the point where you, really you can't survive off of a single parent income unless you try really hard. Uh, what's the situation there? It's a good question. Um, I'd, I'd add the, the highlight um, before we move on that it's really, really important to understand the cardinal rule of feminism, which all of us, if you, unless you really try to weed it out of yourself, you operate on. Um, it's this, never, ever, ever, for any reason, say a negative thing about a woman. So, even the fact that Scripture and all of the patristic fathers say Eve sinned first, it's difficult for us to articulate this because the left has so strongly hardwired into our brains or softwired into our brains, I guess, the notion that, that never ever say anything about Eve, somehow push it on a man. They say Eve sinned first, and this is an uncomfortable truth, like many of the truths that my book talks about in scripture and in the patristic tradition, it's, it's difficult for us to accept just that, that Eve sinned first. Um, now when it comes to household income, not only does the Roman catechism require it, if you, if you go to the Roman catechism section on duties of husbands and wives, but also scripture, the seven different places in St. Paul's inerrant writings in the new Testament Tons of places in in the Old Testament. The, the book of Sirach, chapter 15, is very, very clear about what is required of the duties of household wives. And, and Sirach 15 is really specific about what happens when a, a wife becomes a bad wife. But more specifically, um, we can look to the darkling designs of the opposite side. They're, you know, what most conservatives and Christians do, writ large, and in the case of feminism, is we lose. We give up hallowed ground. We play with whatever landscape they deign to still give us. And how we've done this with feminism is very few conservatives or Christians ever dare to criticize first-wave feminism. First wave feminism, they will tell you, it was all about innocuous, wholesome things, and it became noxious at 1970 with the advent of second wave feminism. This is another lie. Uh, first wave feminism began in 1848. It's something called the Seneca Falls Convention in upstate New York. They memorialized 
the minutes of this thing in something called the Declaration of Sentiments, written by Elizabeth Cady Stanton. And there are five or six main goals that are laid out at the convention. And all of them are recognizable as goals that would be realized by second wave feminism, right? I'm talking about uh, making uh, females sexually fornicate in order to match the uh, a more natural vice of males, uh, positions in clergy for females, breadwinning and overtaking uh, men as the household breadwinners, general revolutionary language, things like that. And then, then you get the... Um, the, the franchise discussion, the enfranchisement discussion that everyone associates with first wave feminism. So the point is this, they knew that um, for women to become feminists, to kill the patriarchy, they had to get women out of the home, which is what the uh, Declaration of Sentiment says, get women out of the home, or, or eviscerate the ties, eradicate the ties to childbirthing, which is precisely uh, what getting women in, you know, manly careers does most is it, it separates women from their natural drive to raise families. Um, there's an early talk between first and second wave feminism between two feminists. You probably have heard of Betty Friedan, the American feminist, and Simone de Beauvoir, the older French feminist, who's staying out with Jean-Paul Sartre and Camus. And the latter is saying to the former, she says, you Americans, you're so funny. If you want feminism to work, you can't sit around and idly refuse to force women into the workplace. This is the main issue. You want to destroy the family because you're a feminist. That's what we do. But you're unwilling to legislatively force women to go do this. And, and Betty Friedan says, yeah, in America, we, we're, we're trying the route of shame shame women into the workplace, shame women away from having babies and staying at home and being homemakers, making the home lovely, you know, gardening, uh, knitting, this kind of thing. And Simone de Beauvoir just says, yeah, that, that's never going to work if you just try to shame women. You have to actually force them. Why? Because female nature is so, so centered around the home and the domestic situation. This is what we've done in France as we force them. And the point is there. Um, some combination of shame and legislative coercion. And so if we, we have about uh, just about two, three minutes left in our conversation with Timothy Gordon, his book, uh, Case for Patriarchy. And one thing is uh, the idea of the Protestant understanding of woman versus the Catholic understanding of woman. I see a lot of the first wave feminism coming out of a Protestant understanding of woman because they lost the view of Our Lady, Queen of Heaven and Earth, and her role in salvation history. Could you speak about the role of Our Lady in uh, the topic of patriarchy? Got about a minute and a half. Yeah, since I can't get too deep on this one, what I what I should say here that hopefully will suffice is most of the book, this new book, Case for Patriarchy, was spent in more ecumenical terms than I typically afford because so much of it's scriptural. And even, even the Protestants tend to like the patristic commentators on Scripture. So there's a very real difference, not in our scriptural approach to men versus women. There's actually this chance for ecumenism that I talked about, the way Protestants and Catholics ought to talk about the advent of feminism, the advent of the, the origins of the attack on the patriarchy. Um, and actually, 
Protestants, by and large, seem to have been somewhat more responsive and somewhat that they never got as fooled as Catholics quite about the darkling designs of feminism. Uh, but on the other hand, when we get to the remedial phase, if I can somehow, you know, my book would really be what's doing it, convince Catholics and Protestants and Eastern Orthodox together to forever repudiate the idea that feminism cannot be Christian. It's many things, but it is anti-Christian. It is the origin of the original sin, and it is the opposite of the sacramental vocation of marriage. Mm. Well, then, in the, rem- in the remedial phase, once they accept that tough pill, it's a hard pill to swallow. But if I can do it, Mary is the anti-Eve, the new Eve. Well, Eve sinned first, we are and Mary out of time, already. Timothy. I'm sorry to have to cut you off. We'll have to just tell people to go buy your book, The Case for Patriarchy, which you can find linked up at Amazon. Uh, look for it there, Timothy Gordon. Uh, Michael Knowles says it's The Case for Patriarchy is mansplaining at its very best. So check it out on Amazon, The Case for Patriarchy. Timothy Gordon from Rules for Retrograde Podcast. Thank you for your time today. God love you and God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back. We're going to have uh, a new opportunity at a game show coming up, Fear and Trembling Trivia Game with prizes at stake, and you could win. Join us online if you can, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. God love you. God bless you. We'll see you back here tomorrow morning. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. a friend asked me why Catholics have crucifixes in our churches. Don't we believe Jesus has risen? Why do we keep him on the cross? Well, first of all, you want to check out 1 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 23. Paul says, but we preach Christ crucified. Why does Paul preach Christ crucified? Doesn't he know Jesus has been raised from the dead? Well, of course he does. But he knows that it is through the power of the crucified Christ on the cross that the bonds of sin and death are broken. As he says in verse 24, Christ crucified is the power of God. 1 Corinthians 2, verse 2. For I decided to know nothing among you except Jesus Christ and Him crucified. Again, didn't Paul know that Jesus had risen from the dead? Well, of course he did. Paul preaches Christ crucified because an empty cross has no power. The cross that bears the beaten, battered, and bloodied body of Jesus Christ, however, that cross is the power of God. So we keep Jesus on the cross because we, too, preach Christ crucified. And the crucifix reminds us not only of God's power, but also his love for us, giving his only begotten son up for death and suffering. Also, here in this life, we do not share so much in the glory of the resurrection as we do in the suffering of Jesus on the cross. After all, we must take up our cross daily if we are to follow Jesus, as it says in Luke 9, verse 23. And we must die with Christ in order to live with him, as Romans 6, 8 tells us. Where did Christ die? On the cross. One other passage to keep in mind is Galatians 3, verse 1. O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you before whose eyes Jesus Christ was publicly portrayed as crucified? Did you catch that? Jesus was publicly portrayed before their eyes as being crucified. Sounds kind of like they may have been looking at a crucifix, doesn't it? 
a beacon of truth in a troubled world. This is the Guadalupe Radio Network, radio for your soul. Howdy, this is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's realestateforlife.org. God love you. Welcome to your Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about Him. Getting you started on your day. With the latest in breaking news and information from the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's serious. It's fun. It's your Catholic Drive Time. Now, here's your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time, keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. You have survived your weekend. Congratulations. You get to get back at it. Just imagine what you might accomplish this week. I mean, it's going to be a great week. I'm, I'm excited about it. We have some good guests lined up this week uh, to uh, to share with you in our first hour. Uh, tomorrow, Jack Pasovk is going to be on to talk about the Facebook whistleblower story that came out. Was that, was it, it's been two weeks now, week and a half or something like that? Is there more going on there? Well, we'll have a conversation around that tomorrow uh, with Jack. And then uh, all week long, we have some great, great uh, opportunities to conversate with you about important topics and the news and everything else in the first hour. But in this hour, of course, we have a little bit uh, good news, inspirational. That's what's on the agenda. We have a good news story coming up in a moment. We'll do Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day. We'll hopefully have a little bit of a reflection. And then at 15 past, we play our game show, Fear and Trembling, where we have a new opportunity to share new prizes with you. Praise be to Jesus. All of that coming up in this hour. And then, of course, in the second half of this hour, we do a, an after show where we conversate with you about whatever you want to talk about. Generally speaking, um, if you don't want to offer any commentary, well, then we just talk about movies and food. Um, and I watched a couple of movies over the weekend, so I don't know. That may be on the agenda, uh, this, uh, this in the after show. But if you want to conversate about something more important, then all you got to do is comment on one of our live video feeds, uh, which we link up right on our website at grnonline.com forward slash cdt. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT, where you can find our podcast, join our CDT Insider email list, get on the text blast list, download our mobile app, watch past uh, interviews that we've had on the program, get the game show rules and the phone number. Everything is right there. You can find that linked up at grnonline.com forward slash CDT. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning. Good morning. It's good to be here. Anything important happen over the weekend for you? Oh, I did t- all sorts of things this weekend. Uh, Friday, went to uh, through a corn maze with a couple friends. That's fun. Yep, yep. So that was good. Good stuff. And then Saturday, I helped a friend out with uh, her horse. So I got to help take care of a horse. That was kind of cool. Do you, Minus the shoveling you, poop. Are you an expert uh, in horses? I, I am literally an equestrian now. I, <laughs> I'm. I, I, it's just how it uh-huh. goes. One time talking talking to a horse, touching a horse, and now I'm uh, basically an expert. That's how it works. <laughs> Did your friend know that you had you no experience? Had no experience whatsoever yes, prior yes. to asking for your help? Yes. There, she was like, and still they asked? <laughs> she was like, literally, you're the last person I'm asking, just so you know. <laughs> wow. And I was like, thanks. 
Desperate Much appreciated. Times. <laughs> Des- desperate times call for desperate measures. But that was cool. So that was awesome. Then Sunday was awesome as well. We had hamburger Sunday and we had um uh at the church and then we watched the the movie Venom. Eh, wasn't very good, to be honest. Would not no, recommend. You don't and, say. Uh, Didn't see that coming. Yeah, so there's that's how it goes. What? That's how the cookie crumbles. That's how the but, cookie uh, crumbles. And uh but uh, let me ask everyone for mm-hmm. a prayers for my grandfather. He's having surgery today. I believe he was having surgery at six AM, so I don't know if he's done with the surgery yet or not. No, my my mom and my grandma were going with him to uh to for his surgery. So if you keep him in your prayers today, I'd be very grateful. All right, we'll be praying for him for sure. Good morning to you, Janice. Good morning, Joe. Anything good happen over the weekend? Um, just uh, catch up on sleep and feeling uh, rejuvenated and um, ready to tackle this week. Praise so, be to God. Yeah. Praise mm-hmm. be to God. I watched a couple of movies, as I said, Moneyball and Outlander. So uh, maybe I'll share the, my opinions of both of those over the weekend Uh Oh, actually, in the after show. That is coming up at the second half of this hour. So be sure to join us for fun and casual conversation in the after show program. But we're going to pray, dive into the news. I have a good news story for you this hour. And then uh, Saints of the Day, Gospel of the Day. And then, of course, we play Fear and Trembling. All that coming up in this half hour. Let's start with prayer. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection implored thy help or sought thine intercession, was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O mother of the word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now, your good news. National Catholic Register reports Cardinal Raymond Burke says he is recovering from COVID, urges Catholics to pray the rosary. Cardinal Raymond Burke on Friday said that he is continuing to recover from a bout of COVID-19 and can offer daily mass now, praise be to God, in a statement posted to his Facebook account. Quote, with heartfelt gratitude to all those who have prayed for my recovery, I write to inform you that since my previous letter, physical therapy has aided my rehabilitation so greatly that I am now able to offer daily mass. And what a wonderful thing that is. The Cardinal stated on this on Friday saying, quote, words cannot adequately express my joy at this gift of God's grace in my life, unquote. Cardinal Burke added that his, quote, recovery continues to remain and intensive process, unquote. The 73-year-old cardinal was hospitalized with COVID-19 in August and was placed on a ventilator. Normally based in Rome, he reportedly fell ill while in Wisconsin. By August the 21st, the Shrine of Our Lady of Guadalupe in Wisconsin, which provided official updates on Burke's condition, stated that he was off the ventilator and was leaving the hospital ICU. Cardinal Burke is Prefect Emeritus of the Apostolic Signatura and Archbishop Emeritus of the Archdiocese of St. Louis. He previously led the Diocese of La Crosse, his hometown diocese. In his Friday statement, he noted that offering daily Mass, quote, unites me most fully to you in our spiritual bond as members of the mystical body of Christ, unquote. He also urged Catholics to pray the Rosary daily during October, the month of the Holy Rosary. And maybe if you're already used to praying the rosary, maybe you pray 15 decades instead of just five. And that is your good news for today. Praise be to God. The saint of the day 
is St. Eustace of Bavay. He was born in 278 in Oxa, and he was a child of nine, of nine years old, who was denounced as a Christian while he was on a trip with his father to Amiens to ransom or rescue an imprisoned relative during the persecution of Diocletian. He was executed for confessing that he was, in fact, a Christian. And he refused to give away the hiding place of his father and his uncle. For this, he was beheaded on the spot. But when his head fell down, Eustace's body picked it up, and the severed head continued to speak. Eustace is thus one of the legendary Cephalophores, or the saintly head carriers, who miraculously continue to speak or move despite being decapitated. His decapitated head, while speaking, ended up converting many pagan onlookers, and the soldiers all fled in fear. He died in 287 in what is now St. Justin Chausse, named after him, and he was canonized before the process of canonization, so now they have a cathedral there named after him. St. Eustace of Beauvais, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 10, verses 1 through 9. The Lord Jesus appointed 72 disciples, whom he sent ahead of him in pairs to every town and place he intended to visit. He said to them, The harvest is abundant, but the laborers are few. So ask the master of the harvest to send out laborers for his harvest. Go on your way. Behold, I am sending you like lambs among wolves. Carry no money bag, no sack, no sandals, and greet no one along the way. Into whatever house you enter, first say, Peace to this household. If a peaceful person lives there, your peace will rest on him. If not, it will return to you. Stay in the same house and eat and drink whatever is offered to you, for the laborer deserves payment. Do not move about from one house to another. Whatever town you enter and they welcome you, eat whatever is set before you. Cure the sick in it and say to them, The kingdom of God is at hand for you. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Could you imagine just eating whatever is placed before you? Hmm. St. Thomas Aquinas was uh, famous for eating whatever they placed before him. He never questioned it. He just ate whatever they had. It didn't matter. But imagine you're a disciple, you're an apostle, and you're going out to strange villages where insects are eaten, for instance, <laughs> or other strange creepy crawly creatures. Uh, and well, that would freak you out. But I imagine having the fortitude and the grace and peace to be able to eat whatever is set before you might be itself a seed that is planted in the hearts of these peoples. St. Gregory would say, for, for the peace which is offered by the mouth of the preacher shall either rest on the house if there be anyone in it predestined to life who follows the heavenly word which he hears, or if no one be willing indeed to hear, the preacher himself shall not be without fruit, for the peace returns to him, while the Lord gives him the recompense of reward for the labor of his work, nothing is wasted. Adrian, what did you find? Yeah, so this passage is actually incredibly important for religious. Um, the When I was a Dominican friar, we would read this often, and this is actually referenced in St. Augustine's The Rule of St. Augustine, and it's very important. The Rule of St. Augustine, highly recommend. It's very beautiful, and St. Augustine wrote this rule in order to show religious, because religious were fairly new. He 
basically invented the canons. And when he wrote this, this was a huge cornerstone of what the rule of St. Augustine is about. And so we would read the rule of St. Augustine every Friday. And what Joe was talking about a second ago about pickiness, that's actually referred to the sin of partiality. And that is a sin. You must eat what you're given. And so when I was with the friars, we were actually given in our meals, we had to eat everything we were given, no matter what it was. And our cook there what deliberately was told to make things that were very strange to train the novices uh, how to eat whatever you're given. So he'd like, give us like a tentacle of an octopus. Like, no kidding. Like, literally, that's what he gave us. And he was like, yeah, you got to eat that. And so we were being trained because they said, you know, if you're invited to someone's house, if you're going over to bless someone's home and they decide to make you dinner and they make you some random dish that's like something from their culture that you're not used to, you have to be ready to eat what you're given. That's very important. And I personally fall into the sin of partiality all the time. I'm a very picky eater. And so that was very difficult for me. But one of the other things and one of the most important things is traveling two by two. And we can take this and not just apply it to religious life, but also apply it to our very, uh, to our day daily life because we need a friend, a companion to walk with us. In married life, that's your spouse. Your spouse is your companion. Don't go anywhere where you are not having your companion. I know some people who will refuse to text someone of the opposite sex and demand that if someone of the opposite sex is going to message them via text or email, they demand that they copy their spouse on those messages just to, you know, be so everything is clear. And so, St. Augustine writes when he talks about this. Yes, this is incredibly important. Why? One, because you can be a witness to the life. So if someone accuses you of something, you have someone there to vouch for you because it is a scandal to otherwise. Two, because someone is there to support you, to aid you, especially for priests, because a priest cannot hear his own confession. So if a priest falls, he needs another priest to hear his confession. And so this is very important as well. And then most importantly for St. Augustine, he said, when you're with another person, when you're with one of your brothers, he can keep you away from sins against purity. Because when you're with a brother, when you're with him, it's so much harder for you to commit sins against purity. And they can stand there and they can raise you up. And this is incredibly important. I highly recommend going in, because we're almost out of time, to go and look at Cornelius Labate's commentary on this, because he actually talks about the rule of St. Augustine and Thomas's remarks on this passage. And it's, it's so profound because we need this in our lives. I know whenever I'm moving into my apartment with my friends here or there, uh, it's so much better to be able to go and talk about the faith when we're just sitting around, we're sitting around the coffee table, we're sitting on the couch before bed, we're just chatting about things that are edifying to the soul. And so those are the things that we should have when we're having our friends. Our friends should be lifting us towards God and not away from them. If they're dragging us away from God, then maybe we should think about cutting off those friends because they're only going to drag you to hell if they're not bringing you to heaven. All right, praise be to God. St. Chrysostom would also say, For this was a clear announcement of glorious triumph, that the disciples of Christ, when surrounded by their enemies as lambs among wolves, should still convert them. Isn't that a powerful sentence for us to meditate upon today? All right, we're going to go to a break. We're going to come back and play our game Fear and Trembling. You could be the winner this week. I'll call it you is if I can only just get it out. All you need to do is make a phone call, and we're open right now. Phone lines are open at 877-757-9424. Call right now to be our contestant at 877-757-9424. That's 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Fear and Trimble is up next. We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. 
Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at catholicscomehome.org. Protestants like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin. Because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2, 10 through 11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com. For 2,000 years, we've helped the poor and comforted the sick. We've educated generations of children develop the scientific method and college system. We support marriage and human life. Guided by the Holy Spirit, we compiled the Bible. We are the Catholic Church. With over one billion in our family, sharing in the fullness of Christian faith in the church started by Jesus. If you've been away, visit catholicscomehome.org today. Welcome home. Welcome to another round of Fear and Trembling. <laughs> the Catholic Trivia Game Show that helps you work out your salvation by the seat of your pants. It's a 50-50 chance and prizes are involved. Avoid the weeping and gnashing of teeth. Call now to take your shot. 877-757-9424. And now your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling, the Catholic Trivia Game Show. We have a secret and hidden agenda, but what I need most right now is a caller on the line, and the phone lines are wide open at 877-757-9424. If you've never played before, this could be your great chance to try it out. It's a lot of fun, and I'm pretty sure we had an all-easy question Monday today. So that phone number is 877-757-9424. 877-757-9424 is the phone number. But here is the deal, right? So I have... A, a list, all right, of secret agenda items, but I don't tell anybody. So as long as you promise not to tell anybody what I'm about to tell you, then I think I can share this with you. But number one, we like to teach the faith. So I look for teachable moments in the questions, and you might learn something you didn't know before. That's kind of a good deal. Praise God. Number two, we like to have fun, and our contestants tend to be a great time. We enjoy that quite a bit. They laugh with us, and we love that, so praise God. And then number three, we give out prizes, which makes it a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker. We don't ask the caller the questions. They don't have to know any of these answers to win our game. They could not know a single one and still win the game. Praise be to Jesus. And the way that works is, instead of asking them the questions, I ask Janice, I ask Adrian, 
and one of them will be right, whereas the other one will be wrong. The caller simply has to decide whom do they trust more, Janice or Adrian. And they'll have 15 seconds to make that choice, and every right answer goes into the coffee cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. Janice, what could they win? This week, we, we have a great sponsor, St. Shinary. Uh, it's a, we're giving away a boxed of set of stationery uh, with Catholic images. So we, oh, the winner will receive a stationary set of six cards. Image is a de- de- depiction of the visitation. The moment when Mary meets Elizabeth with a scripture quote, the cards are blank on the inside to write a personalized note or can be framed or displayed in your home. Cards are five by seven printed in high quality stock. And um, it, uh, I'm looking at the images right now in her Etsy shop, uh, St. Shanary. They have an Etsy shop and an Instagram. Her, her Instagram account is at St. Shinary. So it's like stationary, but instead of stationary, Clever. it's a Saint Shinary. I get uh, where they're going with that. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Um, Saint Shinary. Yes. So pretty definitely cool. you want to call in to get to get into this um, raffle for this week. All right. Thank you, Saint Shinary, for your generous uh, sponsorship of our game show this week. Hey, by the way, the phone lines blew up. Praise be to God for everybody who called in uh, this morning. Uh, call back tomorrow morning. Get your chance to get in. If you don't get on today, uh, you can call in early and sit on hold. That's an option, by the way. It just makes life a little easier for everybody, I think. But let's go to the phone. Steve, good morning to you. Uh, thank you for being a part of our program. Good morning. Thanks for having me. Praise be to God, Steve. Where are you from? Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Texas. And where do you go to church? Well, I told the, uh, your answering lady that I'm not Catholic, so if I tell you, would, would you be mad at me? <laughs> I'm not going to hang up on you, Steve, I promise. All right, okay. Where do you go I, to church? I go to, I go to a church here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area called Fellowship. Well, praise be to God, Steve. Uh, how, how long have you been listening to Catholic Drive Time on Catholic Radio? We love this. You know, I started I started a new job about two uh, months ago, and I've been when I go to work about three or four times a week. I listen to you guys. It's well, great. That, that's awesome! Praise be to God. So you you must know how the rules are played. Then you do you know how the game is played? I do. Yes, yes, and I do. Do you have any opinions about the trickiness of Janice and Adrian? Uh, no, I don't. But I but I you know I'm a, the, the trickiness. If you ask me a Bible question, I might get it right. If you ask me a, a historical <laughs> Catholic question, I might. Be lost. Well, then you better start paying attention quickly, because uh, these are all Catholic trivia questions, Steve, but we're glad, right. we're glad okay. you're here well, nonetheless. Good luck to me. Well, I got a 50-50 chance, right? That's right. Exactly. You, can get it. you can still win. You can still win, but we're grateful you're here. Praise be to God. All right, Steve, we're going to play the game. We're going to go to Janice first, as is our custom. Janice, are you ready? Yes, I'm ready. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sure? Yes, I'm ready. Janice, can you tell me which pope ended the Council of Trent? Oh, the Council of Trent. Uh, the pope that ended that was Pope Benedict XVI. Really? Yes. Uh, the guy from Germany? Yes. Fascinating. Mm-hmm. Pope Benedict XVI. Interesting. Hmm. Let's just uh, ask Adrian, just to, just to be sure. Adrian, can you tell me? Dangerous. Um, what pope ended the Council of Trent. Mm, yes. Yeah, that would be Pope Pius IV. Pope Pius IV? Yes. Wow. That's a right. tough... The Pope right before my favorite Pope, Pope Pius V. Oh, is that right? Yeah, Pope Pius V. Yeah, I thought you were going to say Adrian VI was going to be your favorite uh, No, Pope Adrian VII is my favorite, to be honest. Out of all the Adrians? Uh-huh, which there is no Pope Adrian VII yet. 
<laughs> hint, hint. <laughs> wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> All right, so your official answer is Pius IV. That's correct. Mm, okay. All right, Steve. Uh, so here's the deal. And I think this is the trickiest question out of all three today. Um, Adrian seems to think it was Pius IV that ended the Council of Trent, whereas Janice said it was Benedict XVI. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Janice or Adrian? Steve, what say you? Well, the Council of Trent was a very long time ago, and Benedict XVI is still alive. <laughs> so your your official answer then? Adrian. Survey says... Nailed it. Easy peasy. <laughs> well, congratulations. You are you're very astute, Steve. You, you picked it up. Awesome. Uh, Benedict the Sixteenth is very wise. Still alive. Uh, he's living in a uh, little garden house back in the Vatican Gardens. But uh, in fact, the Council of Trent was called as a part of the Reformation and and as a response of the Catholic Church to to some of the uh, big problems in the Church. In fact, I read earlier from Adrian the Sixth who blamed most of the sins on the hierarchy, the, the clergy themselves, as uh, opening the way to sinful actions. So Council of Trent was the answer to that. Praise be to God in all things. Good stuff. Pius IV is the correct answer. All right, you're in the cup. You could win, Steve. You're on a great roll here. I got a feeling the next two questions are fairly straightforward and easy, but let's just go to Adrian for this next one. Mm. Adrian. That's my name. Uh, can you tell me? The term for a godparent at baptism or confirmation is called what? Mm, what yeah, this is that? good. This is good stuff right here. Is it? Yep. The term for a godparent at baptism or confirmation, people often forget about confirmation. Mm-hmm. You are mm-hmm. called a sponsor. A sponsor? Mm-hmm. That's the official term? That is the official term. Okay. Okay. Janice, how about you? Can you tell me the term for a godparent at baptism or confirmation is called what? So that's a tricky question because the answer is in the question. So really? You are you are technically the godparent. So your answer is godparent. Yes. So it's like a circular question. Yes. <laughs> wow. Interesting. Hmm. Okay. Well, Steve, here's the deal. Um, Janice seems to think godparent is the term for godparents at baptism or confirmation, whereas Adrian seems to think it's sponsor. Fifteen seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Steve, what say you? Uh, I am not sure, but I don't think it's sponsor. I think sponsor is for somebody joining the church or being welcomed into the church. So I'm going to go with Janice. Are you sure? No, but I'm... <laughs> <laughs> Survey says... Uh, I don't know what to go... What to, is, it, is that wrong? Ouch. Is that wrong? Right. Ouch! <laughs> Well, technically, it can be both, I right? I don't know. I don't know if that's wrong. I mean, yeah, a godparent is a godparent. Godparent You're, is a godparent. So, do we have like a half right there? Or like, I'm not, of, not the, entirely the answer sure. called for was sponsor. Yes, that was the that was what the question cals for. But are you you're saying it on a technicality? Godparent would suffice. I, yeah, godparent is I true as well. I think so. I mean, but he is right. I mean, it is a sponsor is someone that brings you into the church, but that's what baptism does. So mm. baptism brings you into the church. How about we give him a half? How about we give him a, a half option? <laughs> half. Is it possible? Like you tear a, tear a tear ticket in half. half, and that way it's 
It's half of the ticket in the cup. How about that? that <laughs> yeah, so Steve, the word sponsor is used in the Catholic Church to uh, signify right. as a godparent at yeah. sometimes. Uh, all right. Well, thank you. I did, I did not know that. That's great. Praise be to God. We learn something all the time. All right, third question. Uh, pretty straightforward, I think. We're going to go back to Janice. Janice, can you tell me? Mm-hmm. Theology is the science or study of things belonging to whom? So the- theology is the study of God, because theo okay. mm-hmm. stands for God, okay. and then ology stands for study. Theo and ology, got yes. it. Yes. Uh, let's see what Adrian says. Adrian, can you tell me, theology is the science or study of things belonging to whom? Uh, yes, the that would be the things belonging to Christ. Okay. Mm-hmm. Hmm. All right, uh, Steve, here's the deal. Adrian seems to think the answer is Christ, whereas Janice seems to think the answer is God. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Steve, what say you? Well, if, if it were Christ, it would be Christology, right? So I'm going to go with theology uh, with Adrian. I mean, excuse me, with uh, Janice. <laughs> Survey says. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed, Nailed it. it. Although one could argue Jesus is God. Right, but he's right. It'd be Christology. <laughs> You're right. Yeah, different You're categories. Right. You know, well Steve, if, if, well you, if you ever want to become Catholic, you would need a sponsor to become Catholic. Yes, true story. Mm-hmm. Thank you. There's there's <laughs> the hard you. pitch. You're Praise right. be to God. You know, you know it's, not, it's not off the table, guys. Well, praise so. be to God, Steve. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, we're out of time. We'd love to chat with you further. But thank you for playing our game and being such a good, fun sport today. We're very grateful to you. Thanks for having me. God love you, Steve. Have a great day. Praise be to Jesus. Thank you for listening to Catholic Drive Time. Uh, we love it that you're here. Oh, Steve, call back. You hung up too soon. I'm sorry. you got to call back so we get your phone number in case you are the winner on Friday. Janice will will field your call if you can call back right now. But that's going to do it for the radio side of our show. If you're at all able to join us for the after show today, praise be to God, we'd love to have you. Hang out with us on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt. God love you. God bless you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you. Praise be to Jesus. Welcome to the after show of Catholic Drive Time, where we get a little bit more casual in our conversation. And today is also the day, typically, where we are preempted. Are we? We have a. You have to. You have to leave early today, Adrian. I do. Okay. So uh, we had to get to the conversations fairly quickly. If you want to conversate about anything in the garden house, if you want to conversate about anything of significance, otherwise, you know the rule. I talk about movies and food. Mary McCouch, McCouch. How do I say that, Mary? Mary McCouch. You got to be a, br- a brand new listener there, right? Over on uh, on YouTube. I'm not seeing it. I'll take your word for it. <laughs> Amen. Praise be to God. Listening on the GRN Online YouTube channel, Mary McCouch. Uh, welcome to the program. We're grateful to you. We love our first time listeners and commenters. Pray, praise be to Jesus. Jeff Burrier and the Burrier family had a good chuckle with my uh, Benedict XVI Garden House monastery thing. Uh, where's the lie? Okay, he's living in the garden. I'm just saying. He's the guy wearing the white cassock 
wearing the uh, fisherman's ring with the titles living in the garden. Um, a new Adam? Maybe. Maybe. Hmm. Uh, Clarissa, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Mary Barone, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, Lisa Leopold, are you a brand new commenter? I'm just curious. Says, I think Timothy Gordon is misguided. He sounds like a Church of the Latter-day Saints. Well, he's not. I can I can assure you that. Catechism of the Catholic Church states, and then I don't see any comment out further. Um, Lisa, you may want to check out his book and to get the further, because, you know, it's hard to... Hard to get the full the full scope of his argument based on a uh, fifteen minute conversation when he basically had to be dragged out of bed to have the conversation. Yeah. And whether or not you agree with him, I think yeah, I mean he's definitely Catholic. I mean, yeah, I think the that, Church that, of Latter Day Saints that's uh, that's pretty pretty far. that's pretty far off the like even like accusing check him of being a Protestant. Check out his book though. Check out yeah. his book, The Case for Patriarchy, which I said is linked up on Amazon. Uh, let's see who else is here. Good morning to you, uh, S. Franco. Praise be to God. Good to see you. Uh, good morning to you, um, Michelle Vaughn. Praise, praise be to Jesus. Thank you again for your wonderful feedback, Michelle, over the weekend. That was very inspirational to us. Um, let's see. I know Buddy Canine is on here. Uh, oh, he's asked me about the punishment given to Lieutenant Colonel Scheller. Now, we need to do a follow-up on that. I'm pretty sure I didn't – once I knew he was taking the deal – I kind of became disinterested a little bit, and not to, not to fault him or shame him. You know, I think he realized he was in way over his head. What I applauded him initially, and I still do, for calling out the hypocrisy and leadership, as he is the only person to still be held accountable for the Afghan, Afghan withdrawal in military leadership. He's the only one. He went to the brig. He's the only one. Now, what they got him on. Was you know uniform code of military justice pretty straight up? He you know he wasn't supposed to be criticizing his bosses, and they got him for that. And he doubled down. I think that was part of his problem. Is he doubled down? But either way, he's trying to save his 17 year investment in the Marine Corps as he's on his way out. So I don't fault him for that. I don't really know what they gave him for punishment, but I knew he took a plea deal, so I wasn't I wasn't so focused on it anymore. But I'll have to look to see what that was. Good but morning, I, Madeline from uh, Spain. Good morning. Yeah, she said, just just arrived. Welcome to the show. Welcome. To uh, the you're we're gonna close out early today, just so you know. We're we have to close out at uh, forty, forty. What time did I set it at? Let me check real quick. At forty after. And uh, then we're going to switch over to Bree Dale for her show at the top of the next hour. Christopher Chance, good morning to you. Uh, Lori, good morning to you. Patty, of course, was hanging out. Josh Knoll, good morning to you. Thanks for hanging out here. Sita, good morning to you. Praise be to God. Jesus Robles and Mary Barone, good morning to both of you. Praise be to Jesus. Joaquin, it's good to see you, my friend. Gloria, good morning to you. Thank you for hanging out here. And then, of course, our friend Mike is over on Odyssey. Uh, praise be to Jesus. He says, I do not always agree with Tim, especially when it concerns whether the Pope can abrogate the TLM, but he is certainly Catholic and a brother in Christ. Amen, brother. Yeah, for uh, sure. Thank you, everybody, who said they were going to be praying for my grandma. Much appreciated. And also, we had another prayer request here. Clarissa said, wow, wow, prayers lifted up for your grandfather. Speaking of surgery, my father-in-law is having major back surgery today, a lumbar a lumbar. So I would like to ask for prayers for him. Absolutely, Clarissa, we'll be praying for your father-in-law. Good morning to you, Alberto. Is Alberto a brand new commenter from the UK? 
Happy, uh, welcome to the show. I was yeah. going to say happy birthday, but you know that's is not it the his right birthday. I, I just, uh, wow. my, you know, my that's brain. That's how it goes. You would already know I, when Albert's birthday. You know, that's is. how it goes, man. I, <laughs> I just connect with people on a deep level. Well, ha- well, I was going to say happy birthday. There you go. See, <laughs> you see what you've done. You should be ashamed of yourself. Uh, welcome so to the program, Alberto. We're grateful you're here. Praise be to God. Thank you for for commenting for the first time. Uh, it, today is abbreviated because it's a uh, it's Monday and we have to produce a, another show at the top of the hour. So Adrian has to turn things around fairly quickly. So we always say goodbye. But generally speaking, we we stay on for the after show for at least another half hour and conversate about whatever you guys want to talk about. I will say this. Over the weekend, I watched uh, Moneyball, which I said I was going to do with Brad Pitt. Um, Man, every word I see. Enjoyed. I enjoyed it. I I loved it. My wife's like, why are you watching a baseball film? Because it's fascinating. Because it's about true events in history that changed the game forever. And, and I was just fascinated by it. Uh, number two, I watched Outlander with Jim Caviezel. How many people have seen Outlander? Raise your hand. I'm just curious. I'm going to give you a, a, a spoiler alert here, okay? If you've never seen Outlander, I'm about to spoil it for you. So take that into consideration. Outlander, Jim Caviezel's character, he's the guy who played Jesus in The Passion. He plays an alien who crash lands on Earth in the 8th century among Vikings. And he, uh, and the reason why he's there is because there is like a, a, a beast, a, an alien dragon-like beast that is w- killing people. And it got on his ship, and he crashes them, and the beast gets out and starts killing the Vikings. Well, he goes and helps the Vikings, you know, attack this dragon, this beast. There is a Catholic priest depicted in the film, and the Vikings basically aren't converting, and this guy's, you know, um, chastising them for being pagans. And there's a scene where all the Vikings are in their fort and they're facing off with the beast and uh, Jim Caviezel's character and one other Viking come out to face this beast alone. And then here comes the priest praying, standing in front of the beast and rebuking it. And then the, the beast kills it. I don't know how I feel about that. I felt, I felt like, one, they depict a very brave priest who had the courage to stand out there with nothing more than his crucifix. Um... But at the same time, I felt like, what's the message here? Ultimately, the message is um, that it wasn't effective. And I was very bothered by that scene, I think. I'd love to know what you guys thought, if you had seen the film, what your opinions were. Outlander. Since his fidelium just got kicked off of YouTube just now. No, you don't say. You knew? Well... It was coming. We knew that. Was Man, they coming. never. They don't talk about anything. They don't talk about the vaccines. Oh, I've heard about... several homilies talk about vaccines on Census Fidelium. Yeah, where did, sure. Where did you hear that news? From Census Fidelium. No, were they from, just like, their stripped? Facebook page? Or? No, from the guy who runs Census Fidelium. Did they receive oh. a strike? No, they got their page just removed outright. Just oh, got just removed. deleted. Just deleted. That's pretty hardcore. Yeah, like it literally just was deleted. No explanation. Yeah. Welcome to the new normal. Guess what's coming? But is aren't there aren't there YouTube um, YouTube videos also in a podcast now? And also, I think they have like their all of their talks recorded. Um, I know I know that they yeah, have it's them. in a podcast feed. It says I know uh, they spams, have scams, else. or commercially deceptive content are not allowed on YouTube. And then it says he's uh, deleted you know, because be, he is spam scams and commercially deceptive. It would content. be nice if YouTube and if you're listening YouTube. If you're going to strike people's channels because they don't follow the rules that you've set, 
it would be great if you gave them specific examples of exactly what you are mm -hmm. you are complaining about. You did this. You said this at such and such a time at on this video, and that is a, br a breaking of the rules here, here, and here. Like that specific level. Instead, you give vague generalities, and that's it. And I, I find that extremely troubling. Extreme. I know it's your platform and not ours. Your rules, not ours. I get that, but. It would be wonderful if you could just give very specific examples. Maybe you don't because you're trying to keep all of your options open and you're trying to limit the options of those that you would censor. Hmm. John, good morning to you. Praise be to God. We're glad you were here. Prayers lifted up for all having medical procedures today, he says. Madeline, the Taliban's are censoring. Yeah, they sure are, aren't they? Terrible. Uh, you can find Census Fidelium's podcast feed and still listen to their content there. But that is going to do it for today. Uh, Jack Posobiec is on to talk about the Facebook whistleblower. Is it a PSYOP? We're going to have that conversation tomorrow morning in our first hour. Make sure to tell a friend. Praise be to God. God love you and God bless you. Thank you all for hanging out with us today. Uh, be sure to tell a friend. We would be very grateful, it's especially in live censorship. We're probably not going to be on Facebook or YouTube or ourselves for very long. Until then, God love you. Thank you for joining us on Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your favorite Catholic radio station. Don't forget to connect with us. Just go to facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Again, that's facebook.com forward slash Catholic Drive Time. Be sure to share more than just us today. Share Jesus with everyone you meet. Bye now, and God love you.
I can hear you. You are reading it loud and clear. Okay, we're going to check this out. How does this sound? Yeah, do you want me just to mute it like this? Tell me if you can hear me now. There you go. Now she's muted. Okay. All right. Aces. So good. All right. I'll mute now and you just. Uh, oh, I don't have that. You still have the lily. Listen. I'm hearing an echo. Is someone. Um, is it my echo? Is it from. Maybe it's someone has speakers on. I have a Bluetooth speaker. You want to turn my volume down on my computer? No. Is it still happening? Yes. Yeah, via Zoom, I'm hearing um, you say so. Only it's only coming from you. It's not coming from Bree. I'm hearing um, I'm hearing the say something and then it repeats after. Well, that is not hot. Okay, what do we do? What do you want me to do? Hmm. Let me think. Uh, could you try try uh, saying something? Let me try to figure out what's going on. Okay. I'm talking to you. It's a gorgeous day in Rome. Blue skies. Yellow buildings. Is that any better? Hmm. What is that? How? Let me see. How is this? I have no idea where that's coming from. Weird. Um, maybe mute this. Zoom here and here. He's coming in via Comrex. I don't have the lily today, Brie. <laughs> Big lily in the photo.
Ja. Hm. Ja. Hmm. What could it be? Do you want me to turn my? Um, Do you have uh, headphones by chance? Can you put headphones on? They're not great. They're yeah. There's something funky going on. But tell me if this does this make any difference? Do you hear me at all? Can you hear me? Is the reverb still there? Yeah, I can still hear it. Uh, well, I mean, if it's not distracting Bree, I mean, if the Bree can't hear it, and uh... you want me to do that? Mike. Having two inputs. Output. Yeah. Can you hear me now? Can you hear me? Are we all, are we doing well? That actually sounds better. Reverb. Uh, there's still reverb, but the actual mic okay. sounds better actually, surprisingly. So, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Why would I have reverb? Okay. Uh, well, we can't stop early, but. As soon as the show ends, yeah, you can just take off. Just feel free to just hang up. Yeah. yeah, we have hard outs. Hard outs. Colin Powell. What? Who is Colin Powell? Name's yeah, familiar. Wow, that's sad. Wow. Mm. That's sad. Mm, that's really sad. Hmm. We are here, but a short moment in time. Like I always get reminded of that when someone of note dies. I got your picture in the background that you like. Do you like that girl? Do you like your picture? You know I am. Listen, I got to show Joe. Joe, I got this. I'm in this Airbnb and I found a treasure. Let me show you the treasure. 
I I would be offended by that. Oh, your thing says Joe. I'm sorry, I called you Joe, Adrian. Oh wow! Look at this. She was like buried in the bottom of a linen closet. Is she not amazing? Who is that? Like, I have no idea. We need to give her a name. We need to give her a backstory. She's gorgeous. We can make something up. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. I like that. She's not a Russian. I like that. She's Italian. She's a Anastasia. She's Italiana. Anastasia. She's Italiana. But how cool is that? Randomly in the linen closet. Alrighty. I'm going to put y'all on mute. We'll be on in one minute. Thank you. 